You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Dexter After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Dexter After Show. Steven, that was the funniest lip-syncing impression I've ever seen of our intro. It was a little Tony Robbins. It was a little... uh... (laughs) It was maybe the scariest that I've ever seen. You're (laughs) tuning in to the Dexter After Show. That was the angriest introduction (laughs) I've ever seen. I don't know if it's anger. No, I was doing Dexter's interpretation after being really angry at Deb. That's right. It was Deborah. (laughs) I am angry at you. Well, Bing is for doing, everybody. And I am your host, Sean O. We're doing another amazing AfterBuzz TV after show for Dexter. We're on Season 8, Episode 5, This Little Piggy. And I'm joined here by my courageous and charismatic co-host. Oh, nice. Hi, I'm JJ Jurgens. And This Little Piggy is Steve. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Bad. We're going to be talking about <laughs> Vogel's abduction. Rivera Case and the Hamiltons. I put Cass up there. Rivera Case and Hamiltons uh, with uh, Zach the Sun possibly being a killer. We'll talk about that. We're going to be discussing Masuka's Kid, a.k.a. Nikki Walters, and uh, Dinner with Cassie, Dexter's just awfully awkward dinner. He likes blondes. <laughs> She's kind of blonde, right? She's like a dirty She's blonde. A dirty blonde. Yeah, kind of. Hey, hey. kind of like JJ over there. Hey, hey, Dexter would like you, dirty. JJ. Hey, both of you guys oh. are dirty blondes. <laughs> You're a dirty brunette. Oh, thank you. According to our comments on YouTube, <laughs> who talks about that? <laughs> well, anyway, let's talk about Vogel's abduction, which was pretty much this whole episode, mm-hmm. right? And it was a good one, and I predicted that we would see Mr. Yates get killed this time. You did. Bing! You were correct. Huzzah! And I got it right. And so boy, think, did he get killed. He did. Just, let's just let's <laughs> yeah. just talk about that yeah. scene right away. Best scene this season. I was shocked. I was just happy. I was like, yeah. It's like something out of, like, it's like one of the most satisfying deaths. And whenever you're watching a show, like a... Um, like an army show or whatever when the cops are shooting people or someone's behind a door and they just shoot through the door and kill them. It reminded me of that. You know, so, except with more cleverness and more brute <laughs> strength. It was total yeah. brute strength. And you know, the way I felt was like, this is what was going through my mind. Who has a curtain rod that's that strong? <laughs> right? Like a solid rod iron one. And I, he impaled him yeah. right through the mattress, and probably what's what's that thing called that's under the mattress? The box spring. The box spring. Man, yeah, he got through both of them. He, he, he got through both Great. of them. Like there could have been wood in the way from the the frame of the bed. I don't know. That's that's a pretty weak mattress. It would have been funny if it was like memory foam. And it's just stab. <laughs> Boring. Uh, doesn't, nothing happens. <laughs> Oh, I felt like I was concerned for Deb because I was like, dude, he's going to totally rip her Achilles tendon up and then she's going to be out of commission. And Dexter's like, we can't have that happen. Whack. And he just so quickly did it, too. He just eyed it. It was was nice. That must have been a really hard decision. 
not for Dexter, but for like the editors, because they probably recorded from that, from what we saw, and they probably also recorded a scene and had a different variation where all we saw were uh, Yates's expression from like. And then yeah. it zooms out to Dexter on the bed with the curtain rod. Yeah. So I'm sure they had to decide, like, which one do we want? Do we want Yates just being like, or do we want Dexter just... <laughs> yeah, so, and then, you know, fast forward a little bit at the end, we get to see Dexter dump the body. He didn't cut it up this time. He did not. He dumped the body, though, in his usual spot with the Gulf Stream, I'm sure, right underneath him to take those body parts away. But uh, I wonder if it's going to be able to take that whole body a little bit further out. Uh, anyway, he did it with Vogel mm-hmm. and Deb present, and he calls them family. Of course, Deb's his family, but he's including Vogel in this, which is, I guess, you know, sh- like she said, she is his spiritual mother. What did you guys think of that scene? Mm-hmm. I don't like Vogel. Any- I don't either. Vogel, sorry. Yeah. Vogel. <laughs> I don't either. I, I was would have been happy to have him with Deb out there on the boat alone for that final scene. I don't like Vogel being there at all. I still don't trust her, and I just... Ah, she's creepy. I mean, that would have been like a great moment for Dexter yeah. and Deborah. Like, hey, you're on... This is, this is the end of the ritual, because she's witnessed the beginning of the ritual, and now she's witnessed, like... Of course, what he does afterwards, but he, she hasn't seen like the completion of his dark passengers ritual. Right, and and now she she did get to see it pretty much. But in a way, we got we're still getting robbed of those table kills, right? Hmm. Because de- obviously he impaled him through the mattress. He didn't. I, I wonder if maybe they had it written another way, where they're like, they, maybe he wounded him, and then Dexter gets to do his thing where he gets to put him on the table, and then we have a little conversation. Whoa, what if everybody shared in that? What if Deb and uh, Vogel shared in in his table time? Wouldn't that be interesting? I don't think they do it. I think mm. getting impaled through a, uh, through a bed with a big-ass curtain rod, I don't think you're coming out of that one unscathed, especially <laughs> if they're going to try to, like, move the body. Like, I don't think you'd be... Very cooperative. I think they'd probably just kill you right yeah. there. Or he could have M ninety nine them and then took him out. <laughs> could have done all that. I gotta say though, um, we're we're talking like the whole capturing process of Vogel yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I'm still not convinced that he was the only one. You think there's more killers? There's an, there's still the brain surgeon out there. Yeah, because um, when he was talking to her, it seemed like he just wanted to be left alone. It doesn't. It didn't seem like he was provoking Vogel in any fashion whatsoever. So that's why he was so surprised that somebody was in his house. Yeah, you know what? We get to see his, the bodies that were in his garden. Mm-hmm. So all that matches his mo, right? He's got he's got the women. He's breaking their feet, torturing them. They're mi- each of them is buried with a shoe, right, JJ? With their left shoe, yeah. their purse, their ID, outside mm-hmm. a rose bush. So there's six bodies. But. They don't. They haven't done a medical examination on each of the bodies yet to find out if they're missing anything up in the brain area. Mm-hmm. So th- the the brain thing still doesn't fit his mo. And I think one of our uh, YouTube or maybe even iTunes uh, fans tweet. Uh, they commented at us and they said that uh, they were listening to uh, Scott Reynolds' podcast and he said that Vogel is not a killer. Yeah. So what is she mm. then? You know, like we're, we're proposing each day that she's like pitting everybody against each other. Maybe, maybe in that way, she's not a killer. Maybe it's, he's just being really, really specific he's, about it. He's a writer. Mm. Of course, he's going to give small breadcrumbs to make you think different th- to think something's completely ruled out when it's really not. And he's, I like that it's at that time. He can say Vogel is not a killer, but it doesn't mean Vogel is never going to be a killer. Yeah. That's 
that's my point is that no matter what, she's not a killer now, but this is still talking as if it's the present. There's still a future in writing that Vogel could be a killer. And she could still be not the killer, but like we said, she is the orchestrator of it all and gets like other people to do all the killing for her or, you know, yeah, she's, like, she's, she's, leader. She, yeah, exactly, JJ. She could be the sociopath, like Charles Manson type personality mm-hmm. behind the scenes yes. or like the Joker, you know, behind the scenes making everybody his puppet and, and telling them what to do in a way or manipulate. She's manipulative. We've talked about mm-hmm. that so many times. She's probably forcing people to do things. We got to see her manipulate Yates a little bit during one scene where he, she started, she started being really motherly towards him and like in a punishment way at first when she slapped him around she she slapped him around twice made him bleed well doing what his mother did to him so yeah yeah, playing with his mind that way yeah and i'm sure none of the other women did that to him and that's why he reacted so differently and we we really didn't get to see what he did with the other women but she got to last like really long during that you know to draw out that whole scene and have uh Dex and Deb track her down, thankfully. You know, honestly, I thought he was going to... I was more relieved when I figured out that he was just going to break her toes than, like, when he was going to rip her nails off. Oh, that would have like, terrible. Broken toes don't hurt that bad, honestly. Oh, that's... So that's what he was going to do instead? Rip the nails out? No, like, that's what I thought he was going to do. And then he puts it around her toe and, like, he's going to break it. And oh. I was like, oh, well, that's... I mean, yeah, it sucks, but that's not that bad. And I, I got to see... Well, I, I was writing down in my notes... That that's what his motivation is. That's what Yates wanted to do. He wanted to like have a triumph against his mother every time with each one of those women because he would always be hiding under the bed. What would he see? His the clacking of the feet. Mm-hmm. The clacking of the feet. His mom's shoes. And that each one of those women represented his mom. And and he's taking a trophy. He's he's just like winning against them each time, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Well, I thought I heard that one of the victims was a guy. Really? I thought I heard like the name. Like Kendall or something like they, unless it was, well, unless Ken- it was a uh, unisex name. Yeah, I, I think it was a unisex name. Okay, because yeah. yeah. I was like, um, was that a was his first victim a guy? <laughs> what? But I guess then it wouldn't make sense for that. Sorry. Um, I'm actually used used to Kendall being a woman's name. Really? So yeah, yeah. yeah JJ agrees with I, me. Yeah. Well, and I have a guy's name, <laughs> a guy girl name. I know more JJ boys than girls usually, but hmm. yeah. Interesting. You're the only JJ we care about, though. Yeah. yeah. Except for our fans that are named JJ. <laughs> but also realizing, like, looking at, oh, my God, Vogel saying, this is over. Like, especially at the end. Oh, it's so good that this is over. And having Dexter get rid of all the things that could tie to other things. I mean, these these mm-hmm. are, like, the his or her boxes that I said there's a bigger meaning behind. The, the pieces of brain. He got rid of all that on the boat. And I'm just thinking... It seems like Vogel is trying to move his mind towards it being over when really, if you ask yourself anything, there are all these open ends. I mean, what about the boathouse that the guy was hanging who suddenly wasn't hanging when they got there again? How is that tied to to Yates? Yates only kills people by breaking their toes and stabbing him. He has all these bodies. He has his rituals. And then we have video of a man making the guy from before strangle the guy and then shooting him Wait, it doesn't fit mm-hmm. at all yeah it's it's work they completely forget about this it's mm-hmm. like did you dexter this happened i mean you you were there you found the guy in the hook doesn't match yates how yeah. is this over why are you getting rid of everything yeah well we're, we're only on episode five that we just finished today so we have was it mm-hmm. up to 13 episodes this season or is it 12 
I think it's still 12. I th- okay, so I'm we not have, sure. I can't have, quote me on it. So we have seven more episodes at least that they're going to go through. So something about the brain surgeon is going to come back to, you know, to fill in the gaps where, with all these big questions that we're ans- uh, asking right now. It just felt like these five episodes were like a self-contained season. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, the way this the, the way this one ended, it ended like a season ending. It had them on the boat, pales up to the to the sky and there's no like cliffhanger, there's no nothing. And that that's how seasons end. So I'm like, okay, so next episode they're going to kick it off. They give us so many like big items of information in the previews for next episode too that I'm just wondering what they're going to like pull us in with after next episode because all these storylines they opened up they basically closed in these predi- in the previews well, this is why i still think it's i still think bogle is going to be bad and there's going to be a, choices like i think this one was necessary to build um dexter's and deb's relationship back together mm-hmm. so we can finally now we know they're going to get along and they're going <laughs> to move forward in the old way that we all like and wanted to see so i think that's what the that that was for but i think now I think there's going to be a way that then they're going to be turning against Vogel because I think she still is going to is, yeah, <laughs> has bad intentions and then yeah yeah you're right JJ there's there obviously there is still something up with Vogel and I like how near the end of the episode uh, Deborah expressed like hey the family that kills that together. kills together I I want to modify that because that's that that one euphemism is like the family that prays together stays together, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, in this case, it's the family that slays together stays together. <laughs> nice one. Yes. It's a little, <laughs> Good vic- job. little victory for me on my end of the mic. <laughs> also, I wanted okay. to I wanted to point out to one of our previous earlier predictions where we talked about how, fo- Vogel. how Vogel mm-hmm. might have had somewhat of a different personality thing where she has different personalities. And I really think this was highlighted a little bit in this episode when she's so scared with Yates when he captures her. She, he's so She's so scared when she's on the couch and everything. But as soon as it comes to bodily harm coming to her, she changes immediately. And she she it seems like she could have done this at any time. But why was she? Why did she write that moment to do, decide to do it? Because it's in self defense. Because she was actually going to be harmed. It seems like she tries to pull as much out of people as she can for information before using her self defense tactics. Like she could have gotten that. She could have gotten out of that situation at any time. And then she went back to her former self and was like panicking, trying to get out the front door. But in that moment, when she went into his mother's way, yeah. she was completely in control. It seemed like she was a, she was the psychopath at that moment. It did. It did. Yeah, I think she had a realization that, you know, when he started, was going to start harming her, that, okay, I gotta, I gotta, what can I do? My, these are my last resorts. What can I, and then came up with the idea of, I'm going to act like his mother and, and mess with his head. It didn't seem like she came up with it. It seemed like she either had it all along or it's her dark passenger taking over and protecting her. Hmm. I mean, she probably had it all along because she was his therapist, his psychoanalyst. Well, she she probably had it in his case files, and that's why she was able to use all that against him. Yeah, that's what I mean. She she was at that moment of wait. Okay, I am this guy's doctor. How can I? He know like you said, she knows all of his deepest yeah. secrets and how to really mess with his head. And was like, okay, this is what I should do. I'm gonna use. I'm just saying it was it. such a switch. It was it was good, but it was such a switch that I think that she's still not quite right in the brain. She's a little insane in the membrane. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's about it with anything else on Vogel, Dex and Deb. Dex and Deb made up. 
Thankfully, the dynamic duo of Dex and Deb back at it. Well, we have that scene, Pretty the great. very first scene of the episode. That too. Yeah. Pretty great scene. <laughs> with Dex, Deb, and Vogel with, with family counseling. Yeah, it, it was so funny because Dexter was getting so angry. Mm-hmm. And that's what an actual human who feels does. And, mm-hmm. and Dexter was doing it. So I, I think Vogel's so wrong about him being, like, devoid of emotions. He, he really has them now. Yeah. And, what did you think of the cinematography for this scene? For that particular scene? It was it was I, so much different than any other scenes. It, it was they they did it in a way to put you off as well as kind of make Dexter seem off kilter. Yes, and I like that too. Immediately it's you know, the the episode starts off on Deb's face, and it looks like she she's looking at Dexter because of the way they shot it, and it seemed like she was waiting for him to wake up. Like, he was on his side because mm-hmm. his hand was at his face. Maybe he was resting on a couch or something. That's what I thought immediately. And then we see that they're in this little therapy counseling mm-hmm. session. And it's it was so funny that, that I was thinking all that. And it was so awkward at the same time to transition to that and have Vogel be like, Oh, so you tried to kill him. How does that make you feel, Dexter? It was just a, such a funny conversation. Well, that... Or- they did a lot of it this episode, I thought, as well, because even with, when Vogel was captured, it was all, like, you know, handheld and, like, around her a lot. You, you, we didn't see Yates for a long time during that scene. It was all just on her, which I thought was interesting, too. Well, my what I was pointing out is just this, how it, whenever it's a normal scene, it always has it straight on. And this one was tilted, and it was doing it was doing rolling shots on a tilt. Yeah. For every, every time you see Dexter and every time you see Deb, mm-hmm. it's just slightly rolling to make it seem like there's a lot of it gives you an anxiety as a viewer mm-hmm. it kind of gives you an anxiety to push the scene for and i really like that so if if they did a lot more which is weird because i complained a little bit last episode where i knew <laughs> like when they use it right when they use it sparingly <laughs> it's great but when they use too much it's bad but at the same time i would i'd like to see it used just spread out more, if that makes sense. In this case, they used it well with this episode. They used it well, yeah. yeah. Because we had nothing in front of this episode other than the last episode. It's like, where are they? You know, the establishing shot's like right on their face, and we don't even know where it is yet until we see, boom, it establishes that they're in Vogel's house. But at the same time, I guess, if you're, say, watching this on Netflix, or watching this without credits or commercials or whatever, it would go from the a skew shot of knowing something's wrong, the no music in the car ride to them hitting the water and her pulling her out right into this scene, Mm -hmm. which I guess would make sense if you're doing everything to be a skew from the end of last episode into the new one. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if they planned on having this or having the end of last episode be the end when they were filming it. I think it was kind of... No, I think they did, and I, I think what they were doing, getting you off kilter like that, so you, you didn't know for sure, is he in the hospital? Is he somewhere, you know, yeah, still unconscious? True. Is he in a coma? You know, kind of messing and then with you. And then, you, and then all yeah. of a sudden you see, oh, he's in therapy. It's kind of a little humor. But. Well, I'll tell you what's off kilter. The Uh-oh. movie Serial Buddies. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and Pointing go. at me? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Steven's off kilter. <laughs> uh, but go ahead and check out Serial Buddies. Our AfterBuzz fans, you know how you can support us. Help us keep the lights on here at AfterBuzz TV. Go ahead and purchase the Serial Buddies movie in the iTunes search bar. Type in Serial Buddies. Boom, up comes the movie. It's only $5.99. Awesome film to download. It's pretty much Dexter and Dumb and Dumber mixed together. And you get pure enjoyment out of it. I thought it was really funny. I know you guys enjoyed it mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. 
so many stars in it. Christopher Lloyd, Christopher McDonald, Artie Lang, Kathy Lee Gifford, all make cameos, written, directed by Kevin Undergaro, and it's got Maria Menounos in it as well. Booyah! So go ahead, don't forget to download it and help us here at After Buzz because we don't ask much. It's like if Dexter said, my dark passenger needs 15 people. And I want to do a road trip and just get one in 15 different states. <laughs> it's kind of like that, a little bit. It is. Yeah. Except with all the comedy of, like... Cockamamie all, stuff. All the funny <laughs> parts of Dexter and none of the dark parts. You know. Yeah. But it's it's good. True that. True that. So uh, the, Riv- the Rivera case is being handled by Quinn and Miller. And, well, everybody's pretty much mm-hmm. handling it, right? But it's being head by Quinn this episode. And this is this the first time that he's gotten up and done pretty much the presentation for the meeting? It's not. It's just this is the first time he's done it. In a long time. In in No, it's the first time he's done it when it's, like, him against somebody. Like, when... When it really matters. He, yeah, when when it's noticed. Yeah. They're, they're really putting a highlight on it. Because usually it's just, oh, Dexter walks in, maybe Quinn's the one talking. But now it's... It's Quinn, hey guys, I'm doing it because Batista's not here. They're pointing out that Mm -hmm. I am the one doing it because the person in charge is not here. I wanted to talk about Batista a little bit before we get more into the Rivera case, but this was the first time, I think, or in a long time perhaps, that we get to see Batista more behind the desk. In, in this case, and he's like, he's really doing his job as a lieutenant. Like, not only does he go out there sparingly in the field, but he was really at the phone making those calls and making things happen and getting intel that Dexter needed to hunt down Yates. So that was pretty cool. I like seeing that. I think it's also good that this is probably the last season, and don't crucify me for this, but because with who's in the station now, it seems like Dexter had, has free reign. He does. His lieutenant's like his be- one of his best friends at the station. LaGuardia's gone. Matthews loves him and turns a blind eye to anything. Yeah. Uh, even though Deb doesn't work there, she's the only one who knows who could blab. Vince loves him. Miller doesn't even notice him. Well, we saw from the teaser that next time Quinn's going to be on his butt again, going to be suspicious about him. It, and the way he read that line in the teaser, it didn't seem like he was suspicious. It, it seems like he knows, but he might even approve and it seems like he doesn't care that much. What, what did you think of that? I don't know. I, I agree with you that it did seem like he. Yeah, I, don't, mm. <laughs> I mean, Quinn's done I some think pretty. On this one a little bit. He's done some shady stuff, yeah. and his shady stuff includes like taking bribes, taking evidence. Like we saw, it didn't. We didn't get a fallback from that. But when he took the evidence out of the evidence locker, and of course, I got to bring up that Dexter did the same thing to save Deb. Of course, but it's still kind of like. He's done some pretty shady stuff, so he can't really say that what Dexter's doing is wrong when I'm sure he is kind of the same mindset of uh, Manny. What's what's his character name? Um, season season three. Uh, you got me on that, Manny. <laughs> the the actor's name I think was Manny. Manny. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you got me, but the Hispanic, the Hispanic guy, <laughs> the Hispanic guy that Dexter worked with, that like he taught the code to, the lawyer. What am I trying to think? Oh, oh Smiths, Jimmy yeah, Smith. Jimmy Smith. Oh. Jimmy yes. Smith. Why did I think Manny? Jimmy no. Smith. I don't even think his name was Manny in this. I like yeah, the music. no. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Nice but Phil. yeah, Jimmy Smiths. It seemed like um, Quinn is kind of of the same mind as Jimmy Smiths would be uh-huh. coming to this realization. If Dexter said that I'm killing these people that get off on this stuff, Quinn seems like the kind of character. Like, well, yeah, let's let's get those girls. I'm not quite sure if he's going to know that much or if he just is going to know. I think that um, 
I think Quinn is going to get, uh, I mean, clearly Matthews is protecting this family and protecting this sort of situation. Yes. It's going to get, you know, to Quinn. So then maybe he just knows that maybe not that he's going to, Dexter's going to kill the kid, but maybe he's going to do something to get, you know, to stop this kid. And that's what he's saying that he knows. Re- regarding that, that line that we were talking about, like, hey, I know what you're doing. That could be the most, that's the most vague yeah. thing ever if you really think about yeah. it. Just, mm-hmm. in the, just in the context that they put it in sequence in the teaser, it makes us think that, oh yeah, he's going to be on to Dexter yeah. again, like investigating. But we don't know if he's really going to yeah. do that. He could say something like, he could be doing something like, hey, I know what you're doing when you tried to get out of there with Cassie when you pulled her aside. You know, it's we don't know what the context exactly. is. That he's That's what makes it. it a great trailer. It, it, is. <laughs> it gets us talking and wondering. Exactly. It was good. Um, now let's get back to the Rivera case. Yeah. So Dexter, uh, was it Detective Miller? So Angie and Quinn, they all go to the place together and they, they start questioning uh, Hamilton and he reveals he doesn't want to do the DNA test. I'm sure he doesn't want to have it like actually on paper. Like, yeah, I f this woman. Mm-hmm. No, he just straight up says, "Okay, you guys, I did have relations with her, and she left here alive." And he did it very adamantly to the point where it's like, "Okay, this guy's probably telling the truth." You know, it, it didn't even focus on him at all, so we can see any tells. It was just on Dexter's mm-hmm. face the whole time, and Dexter sees Zach. Hamilton's son coming along the side of the pool, and this kid is looking like a predator. Yeah, right away. He, mm-hmm. It what, seemed like. What did you guys think? Right away, I thought, I'm like, oh, the dad didn't do it. The son did it. The son's mad that his dad's, you know, having an affair. He, he's definitely the one that did it. And then, especially when his dad was so like, did not want him near that table near the police at all. Like he stood up so quick, completely changed his tone, and you know, wanted him away from there. So I was like, oh. I think he knows, too, and was protecting his son. What we see from the previews is that Vogel, his dad might be hiring Vogel to work with his son. And, I mean, his son's obviously off. A bit. A bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, the way he talked to Dexter, it seemed like he wanted recognition for his work, if he did, in fact, mm-hmm. do it. Well, in, yeah. and this is going into the books a little bit. I don't know. I'll, I'll say it, but I don't know if the show is going to take this into account really too much. But in the books... Dark passengers recognize the, recognize each other with a fluttering of the wings, if that makes sense. It's kind of like, it's like they kind of have this. They know. Yeah, I remember you talking mm-hmm. about that before, and I, and I did read the first book. It's kind of like someone has like a beacon or like a, a flag above their head that says, "Hey, I'm a killer." <laughs> well, it, it's like, uh, for instance, dogs can tell when someone's off. It's kind of the same way. It's like a sixth sense where you realize. There's something wrong with this person. And it kind of works for Dexter in this show when he meets someone and immediately kind of knows that he's something's off. Especially when we met uh, Vogel's... Uh, All of his the, patients. Her Vo- patients. Vogel's yeah. patient who yeah. was doing the gym thing. Like, he didn't know he was a killer at that point, but he still kind of knew something was off. Even if, if in, even if it's Vogel's patient, he still could tell visibly something's off. Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, they're not the writers are not going to waste the time to to show us in each episode him going to people and it's a waste of time because yeah. it's going to be a waste of time for us. We're on the last season here. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not going to go to nineteen houses. <laughs> they're going to find some way for Vogel to call for them to find the house. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and that was with the that was going back to the Vogel case. But again, Elway, hey Deb, Deb calls. This is really extremely illegal. But can you do this? Yeah, he does it right yeah. away. Right away. And from the previews, we also see Elway really cares about Deb. Doesn't yeah. like seeing other guys going after her. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if Elway is good or bad at this point either. He could just be a jealous yeah. co-worker who likes his subordinate. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> anyway, the Rivera case. So uh, this is this is Quinn's way to pretty much prove that he's got what it is to be a sergeant, right? And mm-hmm. Miller's closing in. She's acting super nice to Batista, and she she was very polite and and very diplomatic about the way she handled their conversation. She just went up to. Batista and she was like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, I have, wh- what did she say? I have some ideas or I think I would be a good asset, you know, being a sergeant leader. I really want to take on more me- responsibility. And yes. she wanted to do, run the meeting and said she used to do it before when she was in the gang unit. That's right. She, rem- the reason I don't like her this season is she reminds me of LaGuardia. A little bit. Like the way she goes after things, it reminds me of LaGuardia. Like she doesn't care about other people yeah. when it, when it, when it's to benefit her, she just will go after it. And it, annoyed me when look, if you have a partner you don't need to be talking about bullcrap like it, like when she's with Quinn on the Miller case and she starts bringing up like what was it that she said to Quinn about the sergeant thing I guess it's you and me for sergeant yeah and she said yeah. something like, "Are you talking? You're talking about this episode, yeah. Too, right? Yeah." And she was like, "Hey, let's not get get our friendship in the way, or not have this yeah. get in the way of our friendship, rather." And he was like, you know, "We're friends." Yeah, yeah. It's, it seemed I, like let the let the best girl win, haha, <laughs> Quinn. Yeah. You know what? That's so totally funny. Agree with you. That's that's funny that you guys say that because I really feel like she was being genuinely nice there. Oh no, so passive aggressive. Really? I think she. I agree with him. It's uh, yeah. I, I don't like her either. Like I, I don't like her character this season because of the same reasons. It felt like she. she she doesn't care about them. It's it's just about for herself, and that is kind of a little taunt. I think from an outside from an outside perspective, like someone who hates who d- doesn't know these characters, you wouldn't really think it's that passive aggressive. But if you look at from her, her shoes, I mean, she probably doesn't like Quinn too much because from dealing her dealings with him are the past season, where he's kind of a slacker, kind of screwing up hardcore, and now he's up for sergeant when she thinks she deserves it more. I mean, she has a reason to be kind of like picky at him yeah mm-hmm. like like are you you're really going against me for sergeant like just because it's your boy who's the lieutenant so i think she's probably a little bit bitter if that makes sense yeah and i think i don't know it i just don't like her being as passive aggressive about it because it's a character i don't care that much about yes. i and i don't mean that against of course we had her in studio i don't mean that against her her but right. her character is just when a character you don't really like is doing so much or doing something to mess with the other characters that you do like, you kind of just develop a dislike, just like Vogel. We don't really like Vogel because she's messing with Dexter and Deb. We're not familiar with her, and she's annoying us because she's just so creepy messing with our <laughs> messing with our boys, you know, messing with our characters. Uh, regarding Miller, I wanted to talk about how it was so interesting in the last couple of episodes when they mentioned the test scores, Matthews is actually on Miller's side and yeah. he mm-hmm. wants her to be sergeant now. And of course we talked about he would have like the token female uh, black person in that position. Boom. Oh, he's going to fill that void, right? And then now he's like totally switching his gears. Like this episode, he knows that he has like Quinn, he has leverage over Quinn with that sergeant position. So now he's saying, hey, make this thing kind of slip by. Make this case go by with the Rivera thing. And and maybe if you make me satisfied, I'll recommend you as being sergeant. What did you guys think of that? I thought he was just busting his balls. But it feels like 
Matthews really has something invested in the relationship with the Hamiltons, right? Oh, yeah, that's what I, yeah, and I think exactly what you said with, with Quinn. I think if he wants to, um, basically dominate and control him, and if he doesn't, he's not gonna give him the sergeant and thinks he can do that then with her. Um, but it's yeah, just, I definitely think he's hiding something and mm-hmm. he, he, he's using Quinn to kind of, um, you know, let this, let this go so something doesn't get exposed. Well, as we know with Matthews, okay, so Matthews, Honestly, Matthews knows Hamilton and knows that Hamilton was having an affair. Like it, it, he, from the moment that we heard about the nanny, he probably knew he was having an affair. Um, Matthews lost his job for the stripper, didn't he? So, I mean, of course, Matthews has some underhanded things. I'm sure that there's a whole circle of like powerful men who waspy men, mm-hmm. yeah, who probably use the same escorts or something like that. They're probably close friends in that regard. But I don't feel it was Matthew saying, hey, if you don't screw this up, I'll back you for sergeant. I think it was the exact opposite. I think it was, oh, crap, Quinn's on this case. The cop that's the least delicate. I better get it into his skull that he better not screw this up because this is someone who supports the department. I like that, Stephen. Mm -hmm. That's a really good perspective. Because I, I don't see Matthew supporting Quinn ever. This is where I need to read. One of our lovely listeners sent me a, a very impressive like novel of of all these predictions and things for this season and people um and i apologize due to personal issues this week and i haven't got to read it with my dog um but anyway it's he says in there something i think that something's going to come out with matthews and and these women because of his past with the prostitutes and so i think there might be a bigger thing about why um his connection with the hamiltons and this latest victim there might be a big kind of something big coming up with his storyline in, in the next few episodes. The Hamilton wife might be with Matthews. Oh my goodness, that would be insane if something like that happened. Um, but they also, you know, Dexter, before he saw Zach, the son, he was kind of thinking that it might be the wife too because that would be the logical person who would want to mm-hmm. kill someone who, you know, like uh, a mistress, right? Mm-hmm. Right away, boom, the wife probably did it. But uh, I don't know this uh, this kid Zach. He's looking kind of creepy. Well, plus the wife has wife has a solid alibi. She what did she say? She was out of town for like a week, probably with her miss with her (laughs) boy toy or whatever. Yeah, but she was out of town for the whole week and was not there. And that's why Dexter said or Quinn said, "Oh, to give you alone time and give you time to see, uh, what's her name again? Cassie? No, no." Oh, uh, Nor- uh, Norma. Norma, Norma, Norma Rivera, yeah. okay. Time to see Norma, and he admitted, it's like, yeah, I went to see her. So the wife couldn't have done it, so it only leaves the son, and especially after we have Quinn and Batista finding that lead of the witness seeing the Porsche right outside our house. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that witness. That was really important. Mm-hmm. But the, And Matthew still wanted to bury it. He was like, oh, the witness recanted his testimony. Who got to the witness? Did Matthews send somebody to go ahead and tell him, like, hey, we're going to pay you off? Or probably threaten them. Who knows? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it was that. I think it just was. Cir- it's circumstantial evidence. Yeah. It's you can't. I mean, they c- they can take him in. They could take the son in for probably forty eight hours, trying to get better evidence on him or question him and everything. But when it's such an influential family, when it's such a supporter of the department, it's another one of those cases. Like, hey, Quinn, you're not absolutely sure. We can't indict. We can't take this guy and arrest him on seeing his Porsche outside of Norma's house. Yeah, the- I agree with you. I think that maybe he did get to him. I think 
Really? <laughs> I, I don't I don't think he's playing by the books with this at all. Like he, he doesn't want this he doesn't want stuff mm. out. He I don't know if he paid him off or somehow the, the son, but yeah, I think he's definitely involved in getting this hush hush pretty quickly. For sure, it's it's direct evidence that he was there at the scene. But then again, people's memories can be extremely faulty. You know, like people like sixty to fifty or even forty percent of the time, they really remember accurate information. Every time you remember something, you remember a diff- one thing different in it. Yeah. So, hey, maybe he didn't see the kid. Maybe it wasn't a Porsche. What if it wasn't a Porsche? What if the kid doesn't own one? What if he owns a Ferrari instead? So that that's <laughs> then he's a spoiled. <laughs> yeah, but but seriously, that's something that at you know at a hearing or an indictment hearing or whatever, they could a lawyer could say, hey, throw this out, man. That's it's totally inaccurate. Exactly. How good's your eyesight, sir? How far away were you standing? Just, just watch my cousin Vinny. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know what's going on with that. But we're gonna see it from the teasers. It looks like Zach is gonna be more of. He's gonna play a really pivotal role next time. Well, what I'm seeing maybe with Zach is, I think it's gonna be kind of a a, a decision that Dexter has to make whether to set Zach up there up like send him to jail or to train him because I believe Dexter is going to be the one who gets the evidence on Zach if there is any and it's going to be his choice to either hand Zach over to Quinn for Quinn to take the sergeant position or not and take Zach for himself for whatever he wants to do I do not think that that Dex because it made it sound like Dex was going to train him in some way. Or we've been talking about that. A little I don't bit. think he'll train him. But yeah. I, I don't even think Dexter likes the kid. Oh, I'm There's, sure he hates him. He, he wouldn't go along with anything that Vogel's going to try and influence him into. Yeah. And she, he doesn't like her anyway. Other than the whole, oh, we're family. You know, I guess I don't like family sometimes. But I don't think he would do any more good deeds for her after saving her life. I agree. And I think that, that it would just be another sloppy choice and another choice that is outside of the code and outside of all those things. So he can't let somebody else know about it and know about what he is. And then this guy isn't killing, you know, for good reasons. If he's just, you know, jealous of his, that his, he was having an affair with his dad. Yeah. So I, I don't see him helping him at all. Yeah, I, I don't see him trying to help him. I see him stalking him to see if he's part, if he fits the code. Yeah. And that's probably what he's doing. And in the end, he'll probably hand him over to Quinn to serve his own needs, to help Quinn out, to have an in with something else. I don't know what that maybe is. Get Jamie off his back a bit. Who knows? Um, oh, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. The character, I don't know what it is. It's been in recent films, though. Maybe like, maybe I mean, I've seen it in older films, but five, ten years back towards now, people with that haircut, it's the haircut that Zach has, even the face type with that black hair styled that way, it's it's just a huge indicator of asshole. No, no, no. There's a creepo. No, no, no. Like creepo, yeah. like like off off hinge yeah. like a character that is <laughs> that they're going to write as an unlikable character like i just saw the same kind of character in uh Dale and Tucker versus Evil i saw it. the 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 singer from that thing you do that's 20 years ago but still it's that character um the boyfriend in paranormal activity 2 that character and now we're seeing it again in this it's it's a common theme to have like the black damian kind of character <laughs> i don't know what i'm referencing no. damian from but <laughs> 
I don't know either, but you know what? I the agree omen. with you, Stephen. <laughs> I agree with you because it, it, the character did look pretty douchey. Zach did look like, hey, man, this guy, there's something up with this guy. And His I don't like him. He looks like an see. evil Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, he's an evil... Roughness. <laughs> You're right. I should never criticize somebody by calling. No, <laughs> I was look like I was gonna say an evil Justin Bieber. Evil so, Bieber. Yeah, because he's got the like the bangs swept across his forehead kind of thing. Oh man, not not as young though. Not as young. Then he'll be. Never mind. <laughs> Let's talk about Masuka's kid. Let's talk about Masuka's kid instead of making fun of <laughs> Hamilton's kid. Nikki Walters. So this was the first episode that Masuka's so serious. Right? He, he's very light well, on the jokes. He was funny at the beginning, though. Like, I like when he first comes in and he's like, bet you wonder why I'm smiling. You know, like, he always has just such oh, great yeah. lines and entrances. You, know? <laughs> like, you want to know why I'm smiling? Yeah. No, we don't want to know why you're smiling. Because <laughs> I was hitting on my daughter, and I actually think she's cool, and I love her as a daughter. <laughs> Well, and then there were some funny cracks in there. I'm gonna write because I didn't write it down, but we're like, oh, somebody let you impregnate them, and like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that cool. Quinn. and everyone's so surprised that she's like good looking. Yeah. yeah, like she's beautiful. Gosh, she's so lucky. <laughs> I mean, your daughter, but she ends up being a possible gold digger. Yeah. It was kind of yeah. obvious, like right when they're at the the taco truck. And she's ordering like all this stuff. Oh, I forgot my bag in the car. Oopsie. Yeah. Classic. Gold digger move. Yeah. And she was asking him everything about his... You know, it was so transparent. Like, I'm sure Masuka... Like, he obviously, he suspected something because he went to yeah. Deb later on. But she was asking him about his house. Oh, I bet you're rich. You probably drive a Ferrari. And and, and it was just so transparent. Yeah. I and ordering so much. I'll have a blueberry muffin and a burrito and cheese. And Put cheese <laughs> on that get, burrito. Yeah. My question is, they're doing a background check, of course. Deb's going to look into her a little bit. What do you think they could find though? Like, how do you, how do you follow a trail of someone who's a gold digger? Especially if he tested her hair and she's her, his daughter. It's, you can't exactly put on different hair and pass DNA tests for several different people to leave a trail of gold digging. But she could be. Oh, go, you go ahead, JJ. Well, I just thought maybe she would have a record or maybe she's like, you know, conned people before or been arrested for something. I mean, maybe her mother's still alive and, she kind of made her broke. Maybe she does have other family, and mm-hmm. she's lying to him about it. About that, I don't know. What do you think? I think she probably is a con artist of some kind, and she's young and pretty, so it works to her benefit. And she's probably known for a good amount of time now that she had a father, but maybe she waited, and and now she's like, oh, now I can use him as a resource too, someone to extract money and like live with them, and you have them pay for everything for me, perhaps. Just so sad. We don't want anyone to treat our Masuka poorly. No. Like, come on. Especially not his own daughter. Yeah. But I think that's about it on Masuka's kid. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, lastly, let's talk about that quick dinner with Cassie. And it ended up being uh, a double date. Which I I was surprised, too, that Quinn was there. And I, I don't know why I thought, oh, Cassie's going to be there and Amy or Jamie rather is going to cook for them and then she's going to take off and maybe like be in the next room with with Harrison. Mm-hmm. I feel like if somebody went back to season 4 and was like 3 quarters of the way through that and then just stopped and watched the night's episode and saw Quinn at the same dinner table as Dexter like, wait, what? Because <laughs> yeah. Quinn was so suspicious of him. He yes. had a PI on him. He had that creepy dude. Now he's eating dinner with him. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it just seems like Quinn is really close, like, not really, but closer to Dexter than you think he would be. You'd think he'd be more, hey, we're going to have dinner with Dexter. You know, like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good, Jamie. I- I'm good. <laughs> I- I'm not going to do that. That guy almost uh, killed me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm good. Well, we had another fun moment with that scene, too, where Jamie goes into Dexter's room, basically saying that, you know, you will stay. And <laughs> I enjoyed that one where he's like, oh, bested by a 100-pound nanny. Yeah, you're right, JJ. That was a really funny scene. And, Stephen, we, we've talked about Amy's uh, Amy Garcia's uh, interview here at After Buzz mm-hmm. Studios. And uh, she you said that she always wanted to take on stronger roles? Yeah, it's she definitely is moving towards that more femme fatale role because um, – I mean, there's there's only a limit to how many characters you can play just being the young, bubbly little girl. And it really opens up your repertoire, especially a show like this. It, it's, it's great because so many characters can't have that ability to go into different roles. And to grow and change as the seasons go on. Yeah, because she could have very easily been one of those characters that just stayed the same the whole series. But it's good she's not. It's good because we actually care about the character more now that we know that she has an arc. She's different. Mm -hmm. She's not going to be just the nanny who's oblivious to the fact that Dexter is killing people. Um, I mean, she's still oblivious, but at the same time, since since she's been built as an intelligent character, you now have that suspicion that what she might find. You're actually worried about her finding out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she... And as her character's motivation is pretty much just, you know, I'm going to college or doing whatever she's doing and I'm taking care of Harrison. And that's, that's, and I'm dating Quinn. You know, we know she's got a lot of stuff going on. She's not going to be digging through Dexter stuff to, lo- you know, she knows he's a private guy. So that, that fits in well with how her character is motivated and how she reacts to everything, I feel. And she threatens to, she says if Dexter leaves, uh, or tries to leave, she will leave right then and leave him with Harrison for the night. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's a threat. We we actually had a comment from a code named Katana on our YouTube channel, and this was regarding stuff that we talked about last time. Why is Jamie too young for Quinn? In real life, J- Amy Garcia is 34 and Desmond Harrington is 36. I wanted to bring <laughs> up that. I think the the assumption is on the show that there's a there is a, at least a 10 to 12 year difference in age because she's supposed to be like a college student or like barely graduating from college so maybe you know like mid 20s and look at look at Quinn come on he looks like he's yeah. a, a guy who's like in his mid to late 30s at least or am i right guys yeah i agree with you on that one i think yeah in real life 36 34 years, of course but on the show she for me was always supposed to be a lot younger than he than yeah. him and there is nothing wrong with dating, you know, someone who's no. my sisters. One, one of them, one of them's, uh, she's about to marry this guy who's just like six years older than her. But my other sister, she had this guy that was like almost, 10, almost 11 years older than her. And they were together for like a couple of years. I thought they yeah. were going to get married. So, my aunt and uncle were like that. Was, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. Completely. Yeah, was, I, I, but, but I think what's different now is she's portrayed as older, like um, more mature, where before she was always kind of, like you said, the younger nanny going to school. And so it didn't – at that point, it wouldn't have seen, seemed appropriate for her to be having a relationship with a – you know, it's like the difference between your, when you're in junior high dating a college person <laughs> or if you're an older adult. It's, it's a whole different story. So. Yeah, and that's why she was probably dating that one uh, comic book guy. Oh, yeah, I was about to yeah. – mention him what was his name i forgot his name but he was just such he, he was he, a creeper yeah. he was a creeper he was an immature character uh in a lot more ways especially with not that having comic book stuff is immature because i i have a lot of comic stuff anime stuff in my apartment but uh he his character seemed a lot less mature than desmond harrington's uh character it just isn't it weird i want to just pointing out with quinn and jamie 
Quinn falls in love so fast. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't seem like he loves Jamie. I guess you're right. I agree with you on that one. Because just, I mean, their chemistry, I mean, mm-hmm. it's there, but the writing for it is not as if I'm writing for a character that loves another character. It's more of, I'm writing for a character, Quinn, who is with this other character, not in love with this other character. You know, I feel like like the sex is there for them and they have that attraction, but I still think it's because he's in love with Deb. I mean, he was... You know, wanted to marry her. So. I felt more love between Quinn and freaking what's her face Katya, the stripper, <laughs> than I do between Jamie and Quinn. Yeah, he did a lot more stuff from her. I, I get it for Katya, but I feel like she's the safe bet, and that's why he's with her. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. She's she's an awesome girl. She's mm-hmm. a good girl, and she can be naughty at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she's she, she he's hit on her so many times. You know, he's he's oh, always yeah. he's always wanted her. He's he's hit on her at so many of the parties, drunk as a skunk, but he was yeah. still like hitting on her. And and I think it's good now because this way she he has more he has more of a relationship with Batista this way. Well, yeah, of course he does. Yeah, but I think that's about mm-hmm. that's about it. Oh, oh, we didn't even talk about Cassie during the dinner. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, one of our YouTube uh, uh, fans they mentioned. Uh, let's see. Let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, let's see. Oh, Bethany Joy Lenz, who um, she plays Cassie uh, on One Tree was on One Tree Hill for all of its nine seasons, and that's from JDTV05. Thank you for that mm. info, JDTV05. And uh, that's why she has so many followers on Twitter. Holy yeah. monkey. Anyway, so it was so funny how she was on the same wavelength as Dexter, you know? She didn't want to force him to be there. And she even played along with it. She was even like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm feeling bad right now, you know? Or I, don't, I have a, oh, no, she said she had a meeting or something in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got to wake up really early. She plays the Debbie Downer. Yeah. She takes the fall. She did, which yeah. was really nice. The Debbie Downer, and then we got Darkly Dreaming Dexter heading out the door. <laughs> Boom, thank you so much. I'm out of here. Take care of Harrison for me, right? Yeah. Well, plus, they're, yeah. they're two adults. Yeah. No one wants to have their first date be a double date if they're adults. I mean, maybe some people, but that's just kind of the whole – it was all set up by Jamie, and it was all at Dexter's place. He was obviously not wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. He was kind of, like, fidgeting, looking as his phone was going off the hook. Yeah. I mean, she, I don't think she's going to be, like, really happy about just making him stay there through work. So, I mean, it's definitely better to reschedule. Just saying. Agreed. Plus, it seemed more intimate, too, when they were talking alone. I actually felt like Dexter was going to... Um, I, th- I felt like he wasn't going to forget this time. Like, he would come... Ho- like, I didn't even think he was going to come home. I thought he was just going to completely be outdoors the whole time and not even come home and stop by his apartment at all. But he ended up actually forgetting this time, and that's how he got stuck in this whole situation, <laughs> which ended up being funny. Yes, yes, but anything else on Cassie? She's She's cute. I yeah, like her production. We will yeah, see. I do too. I mean, there's always something wrong with the people Dexter goes after. So maybe she's going to be maybe a little bit crazy in some way. or, or, or They're knows? either crazy, they're either murderers, they're either now dead. <laughs> she might he have out. a good track record. What if she accidentally stumbles upon his stuff in his apartment? And who knows? Oh, he doesn't have his blood slides anymore, so maybe she might stumble upon his knives in some way. Or, <laughs> or the M99s. Maybe she's... Um, also, I, it's just pointing out, we haven't seen or heard anything of Cody or Aster this season yet, or the grandparents. Mm-hmm. I hope we get a little bit of them. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That I, would be nice. Just throwing that out there. 
Well, if there's not anything right. else, let's move on to our news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. So I got a couple of things. Um, let's see. Amy Garcia, at Amy underscore Garcia. By the way, it's A-I-M-E-E underscore Garcia. Common spelling for that one. Tweeted, for those of you who missed hashtag CDCC, that's San Diego Comic Con, here are some highlights from the hashtag Dexter panel. And she has a link there for uh, the Dexter panel, which includes Michael C. Hall, of course, answering a bunch of questions. So if you guys want to, you can check that out. Uh, I also got a tweet. This was from last week, but I don't think I mentioned it. From uh, at J to the Carpenter. And she said, yesterday was incredible. This morning's hangover was not. <laughs> at least we get to know that she drinks a little bit when she's off the set, too. So that's cool. <laughs> Elway's probably giving her all these drinks. <laughs> some energy drinks. Yeah. Uh, but she said, thanks to everyone who made it to the Hall H. And she has a twit pick up there of her and the whole Dexter cast and everybody from past seasons. Obviously, uh, LaGuerta was there, too. Dokes was there. So mm -hmm. it, it was just a cool reunion. It, it was very enjoyable to see that picture. So if you guys want to mm -hmm. check out her twit pics on at J to the Carpenter. Did you guys have any news and gossip? I don't know if I told you guys this. I told you guys. I don't know if I said it on air. Um, there is a new Dexter book coming out in September. Yes. Um, Dexter's final cut. It's doesn't mean final is in its last book. It means final is in it has to do with film and things like that. That's why it's called the final cut. But uh, yeah, Jeff Lindsay's got another book coming out, and if you haven't read the previous ones, definitely do. I think the last one was uh, what? No, I forgot. The last one was at the island and things like that. But definitely check that out. Um, and checked out check out the new one when it comes out. Go on Amazon and pre-order it. Right on. Uh, I had some more tweets from fans here. Uh, Phil S at Phil's 71 tweeted at me at Sean Austin O Dexter's son's imaginary friend you think this could be a deep-seated spoiler final show final moments Harrison's friend oh yeah because I, I I think I replied to his comment I said that yeah kind of bells went off dark passenger whenever we saw that mm -hmm. yeah and I will be bringing in the um, the lovely predictions that our listeners sent to me. So if anybody else has any that they would like to send for next week, too, send those to any of us, and we'll um, have a little segment next time that we go over some of those. Yeah, for sure. I got a couple more tweets here. Uh, Brent William Henry on YouTube says, uh, I guess she's referring to Vogel here, she is the equivalent of Dr. Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> you mean you mean Victor Frankenstein? Victor, Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I I missaid that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, also talking just really quick in the episode, we had Harrison complaining about cartoons. When it, it kind of seems like they're Dexter and Harrison might be growing a little bit apart because he doesn't really listen to Dexter as sternly as he probably should because Jamie's the one taking care of him. That's true. Uh, did, did he listen to Amy a lot, though? That's the question. Or Jamie, rather. That's the question. I think, I think he does. I don't know. I don't know. I think she was really concerned with making his lunch <laughs> before sending him off to school. Uh, but we had another tweet here. Yaya H-Y-F-R. Yaya? Yaya? Was that you, Yaya? <laughs> Vogel is playing her two psychopaths against each other. She seems upset that Dexter has found a connection with Deb. I do not believe Vogel ever gets her hands dirty, but she is playing a game. I pray Deb does not kill herself. I hope she kills Vogel. Oh, that's an interesting mm. little prediction there. We also got one from Rodney21A. 
Again, the sh- oh, I actually mentioned this one. He, this is the guy who said, again, the showrunner on Dexter wrap up show for Showtime's own site said that Vogel is not a killer, does not meet the code, but she could very well be behind the scenes pulling yeah. some strings. Mr. Scott being mm-hmm. all vague. Uh, Charlotte Sophia SF. She said, uh, you have a kind of a long comment there, Charlotte, but let me get, I wanted to focus on the last part of it. This whole season has been about his love for Deb, which I'm sure she's referring to Dexter, and Vogel saying it really isn't love. This will prove to everyone, including Dexter, that she has, that he has real emotions and can feel love, and yes, he will for sure get executed. Interesting. Hmm. So with that said... So with that said, perhaps Dexter will get executed and we're moving into predictions. You're after Buzz TV. Predictions. So what do you guys got? I I just got like one prediction in here. We, we in the teaser just gave away so much before mm-hmm. I was able to write something down, but I I say Matthews will get pissed when Zach comes up dead. <laughs> That's why I think it's going to happen. I kind of said mine earlier where I thought Matthews is going to be um deeply involved with these you know the Hamiltons I think that Dexter is going to be stalking Zach to see if he fits the code to see if he actually did kill Norma I think uh, we might see if Jamie and Quinn work out I might we might see them adopt Harrison after Dexter dies this season that would be interesting intriguing and I don't think Miller Sargent I think that was a uh, thing I think that was between Batista and Quinn I'm making Miller Sargent, and it's going to make Quinn step his game up to try to get Zach done, because there's always... You can say things behind the scenes before they're actual real announcements, so I think that was kind of Batista playing at that for Quinn to step his game up and get that get Zach, like actually get solid evidence on Zach to bring him in so yeah. he can have a reason to actually make Quinn Sargent. Yeah, very well could be. Well, anyway, that uh, about does it for us here at After Buzz TV's Dexter Podcast. Go ahead and uh, give us a follow. You can follow me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at JJ Jurgens. And you can follow me at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Yeah, that's an X. That was the first time you got tripped up on that, Stephen. Yeah, I know, right? I usually just say it so quickly. Or you can see me on the ABC Family's Twisted After Show. Um, Get it alive. And Graceland. Graceland's really good. Check that show out. Definitely. Thanks so much, guys. We'll buzz with you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.